This hour on Flames Talk, Pat Aaron from Cowboys. If you're wondering what the uh, noise is in the background, that's uh, the voice of Eric Francis because we're on stage at Cowboys Dance Hall for the Eric Francis Pizza Pigout. More details at ericfrancispizzapigout.com. Welcome to the Sports Drive brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Save $450 on the Braun EV5922 gun safe, now just $1450, or explore the full line of safes at Calgary Lock and Safe. Dot com. Hello, Vix. Patrick, how are we doing? I'm doing well. Um, we are available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And, of course, live daily right here on Sportsnet 960 Defense. So you can make it six in a row on the bad side yeah. for the Flames. Six straight losses. Now losses in seven of their last eight games. But you know what? The mood, at least the way that I saw it, the mood around Wednesday's loss seemed a whole lot more positive when taking calls and texts. Like, it seemed Wednesday night, people weren't as frustrated. People weren't as doom and gloom. And I think the reason is, you're okay with a team that works hard and loses like that. You're okay if a team plays hard. Even that stretch in the second period where Dallas took the game over, it wasn't a lackadaisical, brutal effort by the Flames that did the did them in. They made some mistakes, but it wasn't lack of compete or try or, or anything like that. So they worked hard. They played urgent. They came out with urgency. They finished with urgency. So I think that's the main reason why, as frustrating as it is to see them lose six straight and really put themselves behind the eight ball, the very least you saw the effort and the urgency and the desperation you wanted to see yeah if i'm putting myself in the fans shoes and yeah losing six straight and having a one seven and one record in your past nine games isn't far from ideal but entertain me go out there show me that you're working hard show me that you're trying show me that you're putting in the effort show me that you're despite the losses you're still believing in yourself and you're you're willing to lay it all out on the line and against the Dallas Stars I thought we saw a lot more of that than we have in some of the previous five losses in this stretch and if you put in an honest day's work and the outcome doesn't go your way if I'm a fan I can still appreciate that so the fact that the Calgary Flames put their work boots on against the Dallas Stars couldn't end the skid but managed to bring some energy bring some life bring some excitement back to the saddle dome again the losing streak doesn't end but the calgary flames from my perspective took a step forward despite the loss i was uh i was not in the room after the game you do go in the room after games um i was at practice on thursday and you know the the mood of the team still seems upbeat and they still are, I think, doing a good job of keeping things positive and keeping things upbeat. Doesn't look like a downtrodden team as they're going through the drills. So, so in that respect, I think that they're doing the best they can to keep the mood not depressive. And that must not be easy to do in a stretch like this. No. Specifically after what everybody or most of the players endured last season as well. I don't think it's an easy thing to do, but I do get the sense that they are doing their very best 
to not let this thing spiral negatively out of control, which as the record gets worse and worse and worse like it has, that can't be an easy thing to do. Well, listen, at the end of the day, it's a results-based business, and you're paid handsomely to go out on the ice and win hockey games. And if you surf over to any place that has the NHL standings at the moment, the Calgary Flames are sitting 31st in the 32-team league ahead of only the San Jose Sharks, who are still winless on the season. So not ideal situation for the Calgary Flames. But at the same time, if you're seeing some of the building blocks of your game, the hallmark of your game, and you're able to take what you're talking about in the video room, in the locker room, and take it out and put it on the ice and implement it, you're never going to control a game for 60 minutes. The NHL is just too good of a league to completely dominate a game for 60 minutes. But the Calgary Flames took steps and need to weather storms a little bit better at certain times. But everything we saw against the Dallas Stars, 46 shots on goal, you know, going to the dirty areas, hard work. I understand that you're probably not happy with the result, but I can understand that the Calgary Flames probably saw something that they hadn't seen in a couple of games in terms of their uh, resolve and their and their fight back and their pushback and again you don't get the result you don't get the win but you started to check a few of the boxes you needed to yep. to turn the season around it's a long season they're only game 10 of 82 there's still 72 games left to go and that can be some solace in the fact that you're going through this now and not say february or march or april when you're trying to make a playoff push there's still a lot of things that can be resolved early in the season when you're going through a struggle like this and the Calgary Flames at least for one 60 minute stretch started to take the steps to rectifying the situation for me had a chance to catch up after practice on Thursday with Dylan Dubé he missed Wednesday's loss to the Stars with a minor injury looks like he'll be good to go for Saturday in Seattle though and uh, I just caught up with Dylan and wanted to just talk about the mood and the whole concept of keeping things positive here's Dylan Dubé from earlier on Thursday I know the things aren't where the group wants him to be right now, but you're a really positive guy. I'm just, like, what is the importance of, of staying positive when things aren't going exactly the way you want? Uh, I don't know. I think it's, uh, you know, realistically, it's the only thing that can propel you to the next level and, and get you back in that win column if you show up every day. And, um, you know, I feel like negativity is almost feeling sorry for yourself. And, um, you know, there's difference between anger, anger and negativity. I think if we can have that anger and, um, you know, push each other in a positive way and, and do it that way instead of, you know, hanging around the rink like Eeyore or something like that, it's a lot different. There's uh, different scenarios you need, and I think, the, you know, that anger and positivity is something that can be brought into this room, and I, it has been for sure. So, um, you know, just no negativity. You don't need that. It's about kind of a balance, right? Like you want to be upset about the way things are going, but to your point, you don't want to let it kind of take over, right? For sure, yeah. And that's a lot of competitors in this room. I think you can tell in practice, like, uh, you know, that competitiveness comes out more. Um, there's some battles within each other, which we need. I think we need more of that throughout the year. Like we don't get to practice much in this league. And um, to go out there and, and battle like you are in a game is what, what's going to get us to be able to play 60 minutes. Get the kind of go out of your way to come to the ring positive and and like go out of your way to keep it upbeat when things aren't in a groove that you like i think so yeah i think you know there's challenges throughout it i think uh you know it's easy to feel sorry for yourself it's easy to show up and not want to put the work in and you know that's a downhill spiral that's uh you know that's contagious i think that's almost more contagious is that negativity so um you know guys the older guys leaders in this room do a good job of showing up every day and, and working and, and being in a really good mood i think you know guys are 
you know, I learned at a young age being being from that, like guys like Giordano and Bax and, and those guys like Gio, we were bad stretches, first one in here, working hard, last one off the ice, like that work that you put in, I got, you know, trying to build off those guys and the more you work, the better your performance going to be. And and you get the feeling that that's kind of the, the main feel in this room right now, that, that guys are approaching it that way? For sure, yeah, I think so. I think it's, uh, you know, guys are coming here, guys are ready, guys are in the gym. It's, uh, you know, there's no way out of this. I think it's uh, something we got to show up every day and, and be proud to be a part of this and, and get out of it together. It could be a big, you know, it could be a big factor for our group to, you know, string a couple wins together and, and get that momentum. Like, it's just, it's crazy. It's such a such a close league that um, you can get hot and, you know, it can propel your whole season. So it's like, you know, there's downs of losing, but then there could be swings of greatness. So um, it's balancing that throughout the year. There's like a lot of good veteran pros in here who have who have seen a lot of things. How, how important is that in a stretch like this? It's been good. I think it's been good. Um, you know, like Bax, Bax has been... Arguably our best player the last little bit and shows he's putting the work in. He's ready. He's He's been through everything, and, um, you know, he's showing up and putting the work in every night. You guys are following him. So, you know, I think it's, uh, you know, within our every individual to to bring your best, and, and that's what we need here on out. I thought last game was better, and, um, you know, it sucks saying it's better after a loss, but um, we're at the point where you, you have to build on it. You can't be negative about it. And that's kind of the last thought. Building blocks from that Dallas game, you think? For sure. Yeah, I think even just our push, uh, you know, at the end of the game where they saved that one in the goal line, like to have that hunger to, to get around the net and make those plays that, uh, you know, showed flashes of a team that uh, is resilient. That's Dylan Dubé. I had a chance to chat with him at practice Thursday. Looks like he's good to go and will return to the lineup Saturday against the Seattle Kraken. It's, it's got to be it's got to be hard to keep it upbeat and positive. Like, feels like you almost have to go out of your way to do it in a circumstance that the Flames find themselves in right now. You almost have to go out of your way to be the, uh, you know, smiley, happy-go-lucky, positive person. But that's part of being a pro. And part of being a pro is not coming to the rink and fostering a negative energy and all that type of stuff. I just thought I thought Dylan put it really well in that chat about, you know, how easy it is to go down the negative road. It's almost like, as he said, it's almost feeling sorry for yourself, and you have to actively push back against that. And so I'm not saying that means the Flames will rattle off the next, you know, they're, they're going to go 7-2-1 and one in their next 10 and turn the season around, or I'm not saying it means anything other than there is a realization inside that room that, they can't let this thing mood-wise spiral out of control. Yeah, and it can be tough to manufacture good vibes or artificial feelings of, hey, everything's going to be all right when you're in a slump like this. But he said something to me that was pretty telling, and I, I jotted it down when I heard it. There's a difference between anger and negativity, and the Calgary Flames can certainly right. be angry about the situation that they're in. And to be fair, they have to be angry at themselves for the situation that they're in. You're not yelling at the Dallas Stars or the Edmonton Oilers or whoever comes through Scotiabank Saddledome because you're beating us. But you can be angry about it and use that as positive fuel. You can let the negativity creep in, but if you're angry, harness that anger in, in the positive way, not the negative way. And and he said it. There's downs. There's the downs of losing, but there's the swings of greatness that can happen as well. And if you're the Calgary Flames, you want to grab onto anything you can right now, whether it is, 
you know, looking at the game against the Dallas Stars and, and talking about the fundamental building blocks of your game coming through in, in a 4-3 loss against a team that many expect to compete for a Western Conference title, whatever it is, you've got to harness, grab, and use for the good because you can't let the negativity creep in. You can use it, balance it against that anger that he was talking about, and maybe try to find something positive out of the situation that yeah. they're in right now. So that's an important thing that they're trying to do, and there were building blocks on Wednesday. I will say that they're, you know, the, the way they pushed, the urgency they showed, obviously we'll talk about Connor Zary in just a second, but a couple of lines looked a whole lot better. Power play scored. I thought Mackenzie Weger had a whale of a game. Uh, I know Megan Mickelson named him the hardest working flame after Wednesday's game, and, and, and I know Wilsey was really raving about Uyghurs game talked to a couple people with the Flames, um, and they were really happy with McKenzie's game. So there, there are some definite building blocks in that game. There's still a lot of things that need to be figured out, but at least there were some positives. And a lot of times, or sometimes, teams start playing better near the end of a long losing skid before they finally right. snap it. So maybe that's exactly what Wednesday was. There are times during this stretch where I've watched the Calgary Flames and internally have thought, oh, I don't know how they're going to work their way out of this one. I haven't seen signs of, you know, the positivity. I haven't seen signs of to them taking the steps to end the streak. I saw some of those steps against the Dallas Stars, and you touched on a lot of it. Another one that I, you know, thought was a positive for the Calgary Flames was I think they were, they were a little bit better navigating the neutral zone, whether that be on the forecheck or the backcheck. They're just, again, as Dylan Dubé said, there were some of the fundamental building blocks of how the Calgary Flames wanted wanting to play that came through against the Dallas Stars in the end outcome wasn't what you wanted but at least the process was there for the flames and at times during the six game losing streak i haven't necessarily seen that process shine through um a few other things to touch on connor zary that was just such a cool debut yeah he looked like a first round pick didn't he he, oh, looked, yeah. he looked like a, a top what was he 24 overall when it was all 24th yeah um, 2020 he looked like a top 25 pick. He looked like a real impactful player. He was dynamic. He was exciting. He made things happen. He scored a goal. He almost scored two. He had a great end-to-end highlight reel rush. That was a really good debut and something that should be, I think Flames fans should be excited about that. I don't know what it means for Saturday against Seattle. I don't know what it means, period, going forward. But I do know game one for Connor Zary, mark. he did very well. I think that outside of maybe game one where you win on home ice against the Winnipeg Jets, the Dome was loudest twice with Connor Zari-related incidents, if you will, or, or events probably. If you've ever won. The first is NHL goal, first NHL goal, the building lit up. And then the second is when he undressed Essa Lindell and just about went in and tied the game in the third period. And that is an absolute positive. The amount of energy he was able to give the fans was equal to the amount of energy he was able to give the Calgary Flames in general, and more specifically, his line mates of Nazem Kadri and Jaeger Sharangovich. Like, he injected a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of passion into the Calgary Flames. And now it's, you don't want to put everything on the 22-year-old who has one NHL game under his belt, but the ask of Connor Zary now is, do it again. Keep giving us life. Keep giving us energy and see where this can go for you. I, I mean, that line was great. Five on five, they were Calgary's best line. And you need more of that from Nazi yes. Kadri. Like that, that I, 
I think the bigger story for me was what we saw from Kadri. That was an inspired, surly, engaged game from number 91. That's what he is capable of. That's the type of player he can be. We have not seen it enough going back to, like, last November or December. But if you can see that on a more regular basis, that is a real positive for this team. I thought he was the best player on the ice for the Flames, maybe the best player on the ice for either team against Dallas. Outside of Jake Ottinger. I mean, yeah, Jake Ottinger was... I named him number one star. He was an easy number one star. I thought Kadri was great. You know, Zary Zary was the story because of of all of what went into it, but I think the, the play of Kadri was maybe the most important part that you could take away from a long-term Flames conversation. And it's great to see it. And maybe injecting a rookie playing his first NHL game gave Nazem Kadri a little bit of that bump, a little bit of that adrenaline that he's feeding off of his line mates a little bit more. That is the best we've seen out of Nazem Kadri this season. I think that's very fair to say. And... As much as, again, as it's on Connor's area to, okay, bring the energy, bring the energy. It's on Nazem Kadri. You're paid $7 million a year, so continually bring that energy that you brought as well because if you're able to stack a good game on top of a good game on top of a good game, things are going to start moving momentum-wise in your favor, and, and you'll be the player that uh, the Calgary Flames signed you to be and the, and the player that we both believe that he can be. And you can lament all you want that it took a rookie to get him going, blah, blah, blah. Sure, but... The important part is that he had a really good game. And the important part is that he's the type of player that can have more games like that. I really think that when Kadri's on, he's a tone setter. And I think he's the type of guy that can drag a team into a game. He just hasn't done that enough this season, hasn't done that enough going back to last year. Maybe last night can start to turn the tide in that conversation. If that's the case, that'd be a very good thing for the Flames. Well, he's a player that can impact and and touch the game in a lot of different facets, whether it be offensively with his skill, defensively with his two-way play, physicality with some of the aggression that we know he can play with. Like He's one of those players that plays on the edge. He's not necessarily at most of his career been shy to, to, to play a, with a physical tone and, and to be a little bit of an agitator and get under the skin of, of the opponent. So there's a lot of different ways Nazem Kadri can help jumpstart the Flames. And I think that Connor Zeri helping jumpstart Nazem Kadri can help Kadri jumpstart the Flames. We uh, talked last hour about Matt Coronado and what the Flames could do there. So Coronado looks like he's going to be a healthy scratch and looks like he is is trending in that direction i just wonder if there's another way that you can handle that if you're the flames i just wonder if there's an opportunity here where coronado looks like he's hit a bit of a mental wall maybe a move to the american league is the way to go maybe there's a way to break the nhl monotony and get a little bit of a change of scenery without having them sit out. You've got the Wranglers in Calgary this weekend, Friday and Sunday. Play them those two games against San Jose. Assign them to the Wranglers. Get them two games there. Let the Flames go play their game in Seattle without them. Get his confidence back up. Break the routine a little bit. A little bit of a mental reset. And then come back and see if he's in a better spot next week. I think there's a real 
good opportunity for them to do that and the timing the pocket works for it right now too i'm really curious if that's something that they're talking about and if that's something that we might see in the in the next 24 hours or so well when you talk about the confidence boost for me he's better suited playing in a top line role with the calgary wranglers as opposed to either being the fourth line or a healthy scratch with the calgary flames so yeah maybe uh a quasi change of scenery it's not necessarily change of scenery because the Wranglers of course play outside of, or play out of the saddle dome but a change and a mental reset for him as he looks to find his stride he's gone pointless in six games he's played a ton of games this season as you touched upon Harvard's played one game so far this season two, two games two games this yeah. season so and he's played 19 if you count Penticton you count preseason you count uh, he's never the regular played season this much he's hockey. never played this Going much off the hop November. of a season yeah. And so maybe the grind, and it's an everyday league in the NHL, and maybe it's been a bit of a grind for him at times. Put him in a position to succeed. You can do that by dropping him to the American Hockey League, playing bigger minutes at the AHL level, get the vibes back going if he's, he's scoring and producing and playing the way that he knows that he can. I, I, I don't necessarily see a downside to it. Uh, we are coming at you on this Thursday edition of Flames Talk from the Eric Francis Pizza Pig Out at Cowboys. We're here at Cowboys on a Thursday. Taking my, you right back to your younger days. In my formative years, in the original building in Penny Lane, yeah. right where our Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio is a block away. Yeah. Thursday was my day. Thursday was my day to come to Cowboys be shy around the opposite sex, not talk to anybody but my friends, tell myself that I'm only going to spend $25 to his $0.25 draft night, and then leave having spent about $85 or $100 because then the the shooter people come around, there's the shots, and it's just you're buying shots for your buddy, you're 18. It brings back memories. They've the, the new Cowboys here at the casino reminds me so much of the original spot. They kept the feel so well. So we're here for the Eric Francis Pizza Pig Out. I know that if you're listening right now, especially if you're listening on demand and it's Thursday night or Friday morning and you're listening to Flames Talk on, on your podcast feed, not going to be able to come to the Eric Francis Pizza Pig Out. But go to the website, check out A, all of the things that go on here silent auction which you can still get in on uh the silent auction online you can still take part on a part in rather you can check out all that stuff you can take a look at the pictures information about kids sport calgary where all of the proceeds are going to from here and uh start making a mental note for next fall for the 2024 eric francis pizza pig out the website very simple eric francis pizza pig out.com one more time Eric Francis Pizza Pigout.com. Flames Talk is on the air and streaming on the Sportsnet mobile app. Sportsnet 960 The Fan, Calgary. Time to go inside hockey for Calgary Co op this hockey season. Support local, find your all time classics and locally brewed beers. Visit your local Calgary Co op wine, spirits, beer today. Steinberg, Aaron Vickers along with you on this Thursday Flames Talk. And now we say hello to not only the VP of Hockey Operations and Assistant General Manager of the Calgary Flames, which is good title enough, but how about now the co-general manager for Team Canada's entry at the 2023 Spangler Cup in Switzerland over Christmas. His name just happens to be Brad Pascal, who joins us right now. BP, how are we doing? Hey, good, Pat. Uh, thanks for having me on. 
No problem. That's that's a that's a pretty cool uh, that's a pretty cool thing you'll do this Christmas. That uh, that sounds like a fun little thing you're taking on. Yeah, no. It's uh, during my. I, I was fortunate. I've been there twice before at the Angler Cup, and uh, when I was with Hockey Canada. So yeah, no. They reached out to me a few weeks ago and and asked if I would do it. And I, you know, I had a good chat with Don and and Craig and Dave about it. And and uh, with the Flames blessing, they allowed me to uh, to do this. So yeah, looking forward to it. So it'd be another great experience representing your country and and looking forward to it well it's, it's got to be cool for you as you mentioned like you're going back to your hockey canada roots we uh when we spoke over the summertime when uh, the new management team was put together for the flames we talked about your time in in hockey canada and all of the things that you touched before moving to the flames in 2014 so it's got to be uh it's got to be kind of cool going back and and working with hockey canada again yeah, no, for sure it is. It's like I say, and, and to have the opportunity to work with Joe Thornton is, is special. You know, he's a guy that you know when I was there, I had as a player. Uh, you know, at a couple World Championships, a couple Olympics, the World Cup of Hockey. So you know, I have uh, um, you know have a good relationship with him, and and he's got some deep roots in in Switzerland. His wife's from Davos, and and during the lockout, he played in Davos. That's right. Too. So it's uh, it'll be good to be. Uh, Good to be back, and yeah, so far we're having a lot of fun, and and looking forward to putting the team together and getting the roster together. So, take us through all of what you, all of the different things that you touched when you were at Hockey Canada before, especially once you moved into the hockey ops side for Hockey Canada. Like you, for for those that aren't aware, Brad Pascal, you touched Olympic rosters, you touched. World Championship rosters, World Junior rosters, like you, you had your hands on everything for a number of years there. Yeah, but when I when I left there as vice president of hockey operations, you're right, overseeing. You know, obviously I had some great staff, including Scott Salmon, who's who's you know currently in that same role that I that I left. And and uh, no, for sure, you, you know, overseeing all of our national teams, under 17, under 18, World Juniors, and then. You know, really diving in on Olympics and and what have you during my last couple of years that I was there. So, lots of great experience on the international stage, and and you know, quite frankly, there's nothing like it than representing your country. And and uh, yeah, looking forward to having that opportunity again. So, you get to take they, they, Hockey Canada does the Spangler right. I've heard, I've heard it's just an absolute awesome time for everybody involved. Like you get to bring the whole family to to Switzerland, like. Not a bad place to be in late December, hey? Yeah, no question. It's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful place to spend Christmas. And, yeah, we're looking forward to having the family there with me. And it's, um, yeah, no, it's a great event. We've got to make sure that, that Santa knows that, that we're not going to be at home. <laughs> but it'll be, uh, yeah, it'll, it, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a great family event. And, you know, all the games are on TV back in Canada, which is which is a fun thing as well. And, and uh you know, a lot of the players that we that make up this roster, you know, they're, you know, they're they're older guys that you know have played in the NHL for a good portion of them, and then if you know now playing hockey in in Switzerland, and those are the guys that make up the majority of your roster. So they're veteran guys that have, you know, been been through great experiences and are playing over there, and you know they really. You know, they could be on break for five or six days, but they choose to represent their country and, and grind it out and, 
you know, somebody's playing five games in six days in order to win the championship at this small tournament. So, um, you know, it's good on them. And, you know, when it's, it's no different than me. If, if your country comes calling, you're, you're, you're wanted to pitch in and help wherever you can. So what goes in, you, you talked about how you construct this roster and how a lot of them are, are NHL veterans who are now playing in Europe. What uh, what goes into building this roster? You and Joe Thornton, as you mentioned, you'll have former Flame Nat Domichelli is your AGM as well. So what is your staff going to be looking at? What goes into putting this roster together? Yeah, a lot of it is availability. It's it's you know Switzerland is the one league in Europe that actually shuts down for the Spangler Cup, so it's it's you know easiest might not be the right word, but it, it's uh, it's it's the players that are most available to you. Um, you know, a lot of the other leagues. Um, I mean, you name it in Germany, Finland, Sweden. You know, they're they're they have club games during that time, so it's a little bit harder to to get Canadian players that are playing in those leagues, um, you know, because they would miss some club team games. So once in a while, they'll, they will, you know, loan them. So we're also looking for players that, you know, necessarily aren't in the Swiss League that are that are playing in the American Hockey League. Uh, you know, some teams that might have prospects that, you know, that they want to give that opportunity to or players that are playing on the American, in the American League under, you know, a two-way contract or even an American League contract that, you know, is a nice thing for them to do. I know last year with the Wranglers, we had uh, Josh Brook, one of our defensemen, that was um, he right. out of the lineup a lot, but a but a but a great young player, and, and he he went to the Spangler Cup, which was great. And, um, and and we've loaned some other players over the years too, so it's been good experience for for those players that have gone. And and uh, yeah, so. You know, really, we're in the we're in the preliminary stages of looking at, at guys that are playing in Switzerland, as I mentioned, and then you know, starting to look at kind of long lists and guys that might be available to us that are from North America that would that would fly over and join us. We're chatting with Brad Pascal. He is the VP of Hockey Ops, Assistant General Manager of the Calgary Flames, also the co-GM for Team Canada at the upcoming Spangler Cup in December. Joining us here on Flames Talk on this Thursday, Mr. Vickers. Brett, I just wanted to dig in a little bit more and working with Joe Thornton on this because if I'm not mistaken, this will be his first sort of hockey ops experience. Of course, the announcement of his retirement just recently. I'm just curious the dynamic between yourself, who's been at it for a while, helping Joe Thornton along in what's a new experience for him. Yeah, he he is he is pumped. Um, you know, he he's uh, Joe's a guy that that uh, you know he's he's always got a zest for life and an excitement level um you know every waking minute that he's that he's uh that he's at it and 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 no different in the short time that we've just talked about this over the last couple of weeks i know that we just announced it but you know we've been kind of grinding out the last couple of weeks of, of putting some plans together and and hey i can tell you joe's engaged joe's excited as am i and uh you know, as I mentioned off the top, when I was at Hot Canada, I had the opportunity to work with him when he was a player, and I was in in a in a management and a um, you know a director capacity, and and it, it was tremendous. It was tremendous to get to know him. But you know, now that he's retired and has kids, and and you know, I think this is something that you know eventually, if he wants to dive into, he's going to excel in. He knows the game and. And he's got a really good feel on players, and and he's got a good feel on you know I guess the environment that he that he wants, and 
And knowing Joe, just the zest that he has for life and the zest that he has and the passion for hockey, I think this is a good first step for him. And, and looking forward to, um, you know, working with him closely and, and hopefully helping him out as well. Yeah, what's the collaboration process like with him? You kind of touched on it a little bit, but the perspective, I imagine, of a player that's been he's seen it all and done it all as a player i imagine his perspective is a little bit unique when in terms of looking at players and deciding who might be a fit yeah no for sure and i think you know as i mentioned you know a lot of these guys that have played in the nhl and are over in switzerland you know joe's played against them a lot and you know so he's got a good feel on them and and you know he, he i don't know if he has an official title with the san jose sharks but he's in and around the organization on a daily basis with the american league team there and and with their NHL team. So he's he's watching games and you know, he still has a pulse on it. You know, he's he's um, you know, he's recently removed as a player, but you know, this is a guy that watches a lot of hockey and has a good pulse on things. So yeah, the collaboration has been great. I mean it's you know, it's just a lot of good discussions, just hockey chats with them uh, so far and and you know, knowing the kind of team we want to put together and, and uh, you know, we're limited a little bit of what players we have available to us, but I can tell you we're going to do our best. And we both said it. If we're, if we're going to do this, we may as well try to win this thing. So that's, uh, you know, that's the goal for us. Not to harp too much on Joe spending a lot of time in, in Switzerland, but do you put him in charge of any sightseeing and or restaurant recommendations given his vast experience in Davos? Yeah, he's in charge of, uh, of a lot of the extracurricular activities. You're right. The dinner reservations, the, the cheese fondue. And uh, and maybe the skiing as well on an off day. Ooh. So yeah, he's he's got a busy. He's got Joe's got a busy uh, a busy schedule. Uh, once we get there and we get the team finalized, so yeah, it'll be it'll be good. No, he spends you... a lot of time up there. Joe's got a place in Davos, and and he spends a lot of time there uh, in the winter and obviously in the summer as well. So he's he's going to be a good tour guide for us. One well, and, and uh, you know, how much do you know about? You know, for for hardcore Flames fans, lots of people know Nat Domicelli. How how well do you know him? And and because he's got a pretty vast knowledge of, of Switzerland as well. Yeah, no, I, Nat's had different roles and responsibilities. You know, he's the general manager of a team in the Swiss A League right now, which is going to be a big help to Joe and I, and, and yeah. obviously a big part of this. You know, a big part. It's not just Joe and I. You know, he he's working hand in hand, and we're we're together as a as a group a group effort on this. So, you know, he's got intimate knowledge of just the inner workings of players and staff that are over in Switzerland right now, and that and that's a big help. But yeah, no, and as I mentioned before, he you know he, he's dipped his toe into being an agent over there and representing players. And, um, I believe did some coaching as well. So, you know, Nat, Nat has some great experience, obviously, as a, you know, tremendous junior player, NHL experience, and then played a long time in the, uh, in internationally as well. And now he's in the management capacity, uh, in Switzerland. So, no, he's, he's had a great career and continues to have a great career. We're chatting with Brad Pascal, uh, AGM and VP of Hockey Ops of the Calgary Flames, co-GM of Team Canada for the Spangler Cup coming up in December. You're also the guy who is in charge of that Wranglers team. Your group has had a lot of success the last two years, and that Wranglers team doesn't seem to be slowing down early this year. How about a 5-0-1 start to a new AHL season, Brad? Like That's, uh, that's a pretty nice way to get your, uh, to get your AHL season started. 
Yeah, no, it always is. It always hey, good to get more wins and losses, uh, you know. And we we talk every time we talk, it's about player development and moving guys along. And and you know, we're we were so proud as a group uh, to see Connor Zari get a, you know his first game in, and you know what I think we and and, and everybody that watched that game, I think he he had a tremendous game and and was impactful and and to see. You know, players like Connor get that opportunity and succeed. And although it's one game, but you know, knowing what he can do and how excited him and his family were, it's just you know that that's what that's what the Wranglers are about, and that's what the American Hockey League is about. And, and yeah, we were so proud to see that. But yeah, you know, we're 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 just young into the season here, and uh, you know, we have a we have play tomorrow against San Jose, one o'clock game, and then twelve noon on Sunday, so a couple of afternoon shows. And, um, you know, they're, they're going to be a good team coming in here, San Jose. So, yeah, it'll be a good test for the group this weekend and, and looking forward to it. How, is, uh, how have you liked the way Trent Cull has fit in so far? Yeah, Trent, Trent's been excellent. Uh, you know, a little bit different with Mitch. You know, you know Mitch was his tremendous coach and obviously did a great job. You know, that was Mitch's first two years, you know, in professional coaching, if you will. You know, where Trent at least is, you know, has been a coach in the American League, you know, still just turned 50, younger guy, and, and, uh, but he has, has that experience. So sitting talking to him, you know, he's got a little bit of a, a background on, you know, how we want to do things and how we approach things. And I, and I think it's been really, really good. But, um, you know, Trent's done a great job so far, really good communication and organized and, you know, just watching practices, you know, just how high-paced they are and detailed they are and, and how involved our development team is uh, before and after practice as well. It's, it's been really good. Um, early in the season, obviously, they're really good to see and, and so happy to have them leading our group. You uh, And, and you're, you're getting some players into some pretty high-leverage spots. I mean, you know, even taking a look, you had Solovyov up for a couple of games, and Poirier was out, so you had some young defensemen who had to step into larger roles last weekend. Like, it's, uh, you, you talk about development, and 5-0-1's a nice start, but also you've had some really good performances from some of your younger players. You talk about Zary, Klapka's off to a nice start, Pospisil's off to a nice start, and more. Scott, how, how have you liked the way that, you know, some of the top organizational prospects have fared to this point? Yeah, really good. I mean, they're maturing as a group, right? Like, they, you know, some of these guys are, are now, you know, third, fourth year players as pros. And, and you know, they might not have had a chance yet. But, you know, as, as Craig said early on in the season, you know, I think one of his goals and one of our goals as a management group is, you know, at the right time, give these guys the opportunity to shine. And, and you're right. You've mentioned some guys that have gone up and had to, and got some games in. Um, you know, ultimately, you want them to continue to develop, but you want them to have an impact when they do get up, and 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 hopefully help the Flames win games. And that's that's the goal. Um, but yeah, their maturity, um, you know, as, as they develop here, has been really strong. And uh, so hopefully, we can continue that. And, and hopefully, there's there's guys in the near future that are going to get uh, they're going to get their shot and get new opportunities. Good stuff, BP. Awesome to catch up with you, as always. Uh, congrats on the great start for the Wranglers, and congrats on uh, your holiday plans going to the Spangler Cup and co-GMing Team Canada uh, in a couple of months. That's awesome. Uh, congrats on that, and thanks for doing this, as always. We'll talk soon, hey? 
All right, guys. Don't have too much pizza there. Ha. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what we can do. Thanks, BP. All right. See ya. It's Brad Pascal. He is the uh, VP of Hockey Ops, Assistant General Manager of the Calgary Flames, co-GM for Team Canada at the upcoming Spangler Cup, which I've heard is just an unbelievable event. So that should be a lot of fun. Absolutely. It's one of those tournaments that I have yet to attend. Well, you want to. It's definitely on the bucket list. It's, uh, I mean, who doesn't want to go to Switzerland at Christmas time, to be honest with you, for one, and then you layer in some really quality hockey on top of it? Why not? Why not? Uh, Brad Pascal joined us inside hockey for Calgary Co-op. Hello, fans. Calgary Co-op has refreshed its membership just for you. Now you can shop, save, and win with the new Calgary Co-op app. Download on the Apple Store and Google Play Store. As we start to wrap up this hour on Flamestock, one more plug for the Eric Francis Pizza Pig Out. I know if you're listening on podcast Thursday night, Friday morning, you can't be here. I get that. Just go to ericfrancispizzapigout.com, learn more about the event, learn more about why you should be here next year, and uh, learn more about all of what goes on and how this impacts Kidsport Calgary and other Southern Alberta charities each and every year. One more time, the website, ericfrancispizzapigout.com. He's Aaron Vickers on Twitter at AA Vickers. Have a wonderful rest of your Thursday. We'll talk to you on Friday's Flamestock. I'm about to just nine slices coming right up. Godspeed. Thank you. Uh, He's Aaron Vickers. My name is Pat Steinberg. That'll wrap us up this hour on the Sports Drive. Brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Save $450 on the Braun EV5922 gun safe. Now just $1450. Or explore the full line of safes at calgarylockandsafe.com.